fight for your freedom. And boy, oh boy, are we in a fight right now. It's interesting because uh, I think we've been way ahead on this coverage for the last three weeks uh, since Memorial Day and a terrible, um, I think it's a murder of George Floyd. I think that's an accurate description, although the verdict is not in yet. In my opinion, it was a murder uh, by the police. And since that time, we have brought you accurate information. We've told you what's going to happen in advance. I'm going to do that tonight now as well. Uh, we have never been challenged, not one time, on any of the facts that we brought you. Um, they don't like me, they being the far left, because that's the tension in the country. It's the far left versus the folks. It's not black-white. It's not. It's far left versus the folks. So today we're going to lead with a house divided. Now, that is a famous speech from Abraham Lincoln in 1858 when Lincoln was laying out that the United States couldn't go on uh, as a divided nation with uh, free states and slave states. Okay, so Lincoln uh, saw it very clearly. But Lincoln did not come up with that phrase, a house divided cannot stand. He didn't. You know who did? Jesus. All right, let me read you this quote, Matthew 12, 22, 28. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? That's Jesus of Nazareth making that quote. It's absolutely true. And today in America, we're divided. There's no question we're divided. What is going to happen to this country? Okay. So the driver on the far left is Black Lives Matter, an organization that came into being after the Ferguson, Missouri situation. And they have now millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to do whatever they want to do. They've also co-opted the media, the national media, and many corporations bow, kneel to the Black Lives Matter organization. Now, we've gone over them. Just go back and watch my old broadcast, socialistic slash Maoist organization. They don't want capitalism. They don't want freedom of speech. They don't want any of that. They want racial preferences, all right? to African-Americans, they justify it by saying, you hosed us in the Civil War and all of the people now are still suffering in this unjust, terrible nation of the United States. That's the justification for the power they seek, which is special treatment for people of color. Okay, so number one on the list of Black Lives Matter organization is reparations, that's direct payments to blacks, all right? That's their top demand. Not only a one-time payment, lifetime of money flowing into African-Americans. You heard it yesterday in, in our debate, the descendants of slaves, okay. Now, there was a poll taken uh, September 2019, uh, last year, um, by the AP, the Associated Press, and it asked a very simple question, all right? Do you support reparations? 29% yes, 29% of the U.S. population, 68% no, that's the AP poll. Then it was a Gallup poll, all right, 
a little bit earlier in July 2019. Do you support reparations? 29% same exact number. Yes. 67% almost the same number. No. And included in that 67, 68% are African Americans. So before the George Floyd murder, um, overwhelmingly Americans were against reparations. Take the poll now, it'll be tighter. Because Black Lives Matter has elevated itself in the eyes of some Americans. Not in my eyes. I know exactly what these guys are up to. And again, I'll refer you to the Black Panther Party. And we did that last night. Just study what the Black Panther Party wanted. And that's what the Black Lives Matter Party wants. No difference. Okay. So I want to play you a, a minute of sound from yesterday's broadcast because I told our guest, very smart guy, Dr. Rashid Ritchie from Atlanta, that the current climate is alienating people, not bringing people together. It's making race relations even more strained. Go. If you do this, you divide Americans. And you can say lineage, you can say it, but you divide them by skin color. You have a specialized group that is now getting money from the taxpayers, all of the taxpayers, for historical injustices. Mm -hmm. the, the current taxpayer may have lost ancestors fighting for the freedom of slaves. They may have lost ancestors doing all kinds of positive things. Not going to go for it, Doc. You're going to divide the nation and you're going to create more racial animus. So when we talk about reparations, remember the American government is actually for reparations based on its historical connection to give a reparations to all of these other groups. So no, it did not divide America then and it would not divide America now. And I disagree with you on your conclusion that it would further separate the uh, men and women who are Americans currently. And here's why. The reason why you have much of the racial disparity and divide and conflict is because of the great disparity in economic realities between the various groups. And it just so happens to connect with skin color and also living conditions. Now, the doctor's right about the economic disparities. He's absolutely right about that. But you don't correct that by giving people a check. And when he said the other groups, he's talking about the Japanese who were interned in World War II. That's a real time problem. And they were compensated for being rounded up and incarcerated in California. Uh, but historically, Americans don't do this. We didn't do it to Native Americans. And Native Americans were really, really hosed, as you'll see in my upcoming book, Killing Crazy Horse, um, which is a complicated book. But if you read it, if you take the time to be out in September, you'll understand your country better than you ever have before. Okay. So the key political component here for the majority of Americans and the overwhelming majority of Caucasians is that special treatment to African-Americans economically is unfair. Not fair. Why am I paying for something I had nothing to do with? Slavery. As I pointed out to Dr. Essay, I'm not asking London to give me anything because my relatives were thrown off our land, which was seized by the crown and had to leave Ireland or we would have starved to death. I'm not asking for anything. That's a historical injustice. It's on the record. It happened. 
but I'm not going to do that. All right, because I'm living my life as an honest person. I had nothing to do with slavery. All right. And my ancestors didn't have anything to do with it. When we trace back our lineage, one of my ancestors had one slave, which he let free. He set free. And the guy was an idiot. He shouldn't have had any. I'd like to think when I was back there, I would have been like John Quincy Adams and his father, John Adams. And I would like to think that I wouldn't have done it. But I don't know. It's a different time. Okay. So it's unfair to take the resources of the United States and single out African Americans for a lifetime. And that's what Black Lives Matter wants. A lifetime of entitlements. I mean, it just goes down a list. It's like 30, 40 things. The other thing is that this Black Lives Matter movement has been embraced now by the media, CNN, NBC News, the usual suspects, and they have mainstreamed it. They don't tell you they're socialist Maoists. They don't tell you they don't want freedom of speech. Don't ever mention that. And now we have people like Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. Wow, the glamour couple who are each donating $1 million to Black Lives Matter. $1 million. I'm sorry, let me correct that. It's not Black Lives Matter, it's Color of Change, which is an adjacent group. So let me be clear. Aniston and Pitt, $1 million each to Color of Change. Well, here's what Color of Change wants. It's demanding that Netflix never again run any movie or show that contains police. How absurd is this? All right. Universal income for African-Americans. As I said, that's Black Lives Matter. One sec. You know, just money every week coming on in for nothing. Um, and end cash bail. No matter how heinous the crime is, no bail. You do whatever you want. You get arraigned. You're out on the street. This is the color of change which also pays demonstrators to go to certain places and accuse people and companies of being racist. They pay them. And now they have more money to pay them because Jennifer and Brad both kicked in a million. Now, if I had them here and said, do you know about this, Mr. Pitt, Ms. Anderson, do you know about this? They don't know anything. They're virtue signaling. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're very, very intelligent. Maybe they've analyzed color of change. Maybe they agree with never having another cop show on the air in America. I believe that censorship. Maybe they agree with that, though. And maybe if there was a police officer involved with friends, we could never see that Ray run again. Right, Jennifer? Oh, geez. It just but the importance of this is those two people have tremendous followings, Pitt and Aniston. And it bleeds down into the urchins and the uninformed people. Oh, Jennifer and Brad, are, he's given a million dollars the color of change. Oh, I'll do that, too. That's OK. Censorship, universal income. Oh, that's all right. OK. This is the nation we live in now, where information is just strangled. I mean, as John Fogarty once sang, there's a bad moon rising in this country. Okay, now racial tensions, you think are maybe at the bottom now, but they're not. You know when it's really gonna hit it? 
when the National Football League opens up, because there aren't going to be, there'll be very few players standing for the National Anthem. The pressure on these players to now kneel is enormous. So if you're a white player on a team and you don't kneel, some of those black players aren't going to like you. All right? And you're going to have division in that locker room, political division. And you're absolutely going to happen. In fact, there was a, where were these guys? High school baseball team, Iowa, Des Moines. There they are. There's a whole team. There they are. Okay. So that's what you're going to have. Now, once that happens in the National Football League, you're going to have a tremendous division in this country. You're going to have anger all over the place. We saw what happened with one or two, Colin Kaepernick, you know, a few more than that. But now they're all, everybody's going to have to do it. Kneel during the National Anthem. So the league's going to have to do something. I think I'm going to predict they're going to run a National Anthem 20 minutes before game time when both teams are in the locker rooms. The teams come out, they warm up, they stretch, they do this and that. And then they go back in for last minute instructions. That's when they'll run the anthem far away from the TV uh, cameras. But it's going to explode because you know the press is going to be there and you know some of those players are going to come out of the locker room. This is really going to divide the nation in the fall. Donald Trump. So how should he handle this thing? Hurting him because a lot of Americans are saying, now pandemic, race problems, Ah, there was a poll that said 80% of Americans are unhappy with the state of the country now. I'd be, I'm unhappy with it. You happy with it? I don't know anybody skipping down the street during the pandemic and the uh, race stuff. You know anybody? I don't. And you know, if you're the leader, even if it's not fair, it goes on you. Now, I understand that Donald Trump is going to do a speech. Okay, we'll see. Today, he signed an executive order I'll get to later, um, trying to get the police stuff under control. But how does he handle it? Because his opponent, Joe Biden, Democratic Party, they're going to virtue signal all day long. They're not going to go up against Black Matters. It's going to be, yeah, that's right. We're going to do all of that. Whatever they want, we're going to do. See it in Seattle now. See what's happening. Whatever they want, we're going to do. So what does Trump do? He can't do that. But if he goes out and he starts to call out people, as he usually does, and he's a racist, and then all hell breaks loose there. But I'm going to tell you, if he wants to win in November, he's got to do fairness. He's, going to be, he's got to say, I'm going to be the president of fairness. To African-Americans who aren't being treated fairly, I'm going to be your champion. And to Caucasian-Americans and other people, I'm going to be your champion as well. I'm not going to support reparations. I'm not taking money out of your pocket to give to another group. I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to support the police to the extent that we're not going to defund them. We're not going to let what's happening in Seattle happen. He's got to run on order, law, and fairness. But fairness is the most important. Now, nowhere in all of this is the solution to racial animus in America. And that is education. I wrote a column on it, a long column. Now, people say, well, it's the dissolution of the family, and that's true. But the government cannot do anything about that other than to reform some of the welfare laws and entitlements 
not to encourage men to leave the family. They could do that. But they can't say to the American people, you have to parent a certain way. You have to stay in the home of your father. They can't do it. They can do is provide a quality education even in the poorest neighborhoods. The government can do that and is not doing it. All right, let's bring in a guy who can chat about a lot of what I just said. His name is Jack Brewer, former safety in the National Football League. He played for Minnesota, New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, Arizona Cardinals. Um, He's the CEO of the Brewer Group, which is a consulting firm. It covers sports, media, financial, but everything comes to us from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. All right, Jack, I'm sorry it took so long to get to you, but as you know, I'm a brilliant man, and, and a lot of stuff comes out of my, my mouth. That's a joke. <laughs> Did I say anything wrong? No, all, all, all respect, Bill. Um, I think, you know, our, our nation right now needs opinions like yours. They need opinions like mine. Uh, but at the end of the day, we have to find common ground. Um, you know, when you, when you said... Uh, what you said about fatherlessness, um, you're dead on. And what you said about education, uh, you're dead on. I just think that it's it's a meeting of the two. Um, when I go into the inner city schools that I work in uh, and then I go back and look at those same school budgets, you know, they're graduating, you know, some of them 35, 40 percent of the, the black male. Uh, and then you see the amount of money that they're actually spending and they're spending more money per kid than I spend to send my kid to a top private school. Uh, That's not right. That's systematic oppression. No matter who puts the system in place, uh, that's not right for the kid that's born into that situation. And so I think it does go back to fatherlessness. I used to to teach high school Mm -hmm. in South Florida. Where do you send your kids? Well, now I send my kids to to Calvary Christian, but I live in Parkland, Florida. Uh, But I also run youth program uh, in Broward County for the juvenile kids. Why Uh, do you send... Why do you send your kids to private religious school? Well, you know, I, I started off sending my kids uh, to private school and I, I, I tried a year of public school and uh, he came home one day uh, in tears that the teacher made him tuck his cross in, in, in his shirt, but he let every, but she let everyone else keep all of their symbols on their necklaces out. Um, that was enough for me. Um, I didn't want my kid to be subjected to um, this leftist mentality uh, that pushes these kids away from God, but yet they teach these kids they can go in any bathroom they choose. So those things for me are non-starter. So I decided to take my kids out of that environment and put them around um, some Christian uh, teaching, Christian love and beliefs that fit our home. I did the same thing with my children. Uh, same exact thing. Pretty much for the same reason that I didn't want a secular uh, education for them uh, because it was not an, it wasn't an educated education, if you know what I mean. The teachers weren't informed enough about history, about theology, about anything to really be effective to the kids. Now, I read your point of view and I know what you say when you go to speak to groups and all of that. Do you agree with me that with a 75% out of wedlock birth rate, and that's what the African-Americans have, that there is really nothing the federal government can do to overcome that in an economic way. Um, in an economic way, maybe, but I think the infrastructure could change in a way that would allow men like you and myself uh, to go in and actually help bridge that gap. 
Uh, I've done that. I've started to do that in Broward County with our programs. I've done that with our American Heroes programs, bringing in uh, athletes and influencers who care about these kids to help bridge the gap. You see, my, my issue is that the money is being spent. It's just how it's being spent. Uh, you know, for $20,000 per student per year, you should be able to support every inner city kid oh, with the I, opportunity. Absolutely. It's 30000 uh, in New no, York City, and they still don't, yeah. can't, can't do the math, and they can't do the science, and they can't write, and they can't write. But it's because, so, Jack, so Bill, what, wait, 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 wait a minute. What I'm, Here, here's, why it, here's why the money doesn't work. Because there is no discipline in the public school systems. So if the kid decides, I'm not going to do any homework, there's no sanction. If the kid decides, I'm going to be disruptive, I'm going to use the F word toward the teacher, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, there are no sanctions. So no matter how much money you pour into these places, it's going to be chaos. And that's exactly but, what's but, happening. But at a certain age, though, you can speak to these kids, right? If you start to these kids when they're seven, eight, nine years old and you put in an after school program where they have an influential person helping them with their homework after school and holding these kids accountable in a way that a father would normally do. I've seen the benefits of that be positive. But who's going to do is, that? The, the, the I mean, principals I and the school boards are absolutely afraid of singling out minorities, not just African-Americans, but any minority and say, well, we got to keep these kids after school. and These kids need a mentor. Some parents will cooperate, but many won't. I've seen, I've just experienced something different. I've seen parents who beg me uh, and I run a parenting program actually right now in Broward County and the moms, the single moms come in and say, Jack, we need men like you. Can you can you come and talk to my son after school? Can he spend some time with you? I think there's a lot of people and the answer to our issues. A lot of times is just serving is just doing what Jesus told us to do and actually giving our giving our brothers and sisters a little time. You don't have to spend a, you know, a career doing it. Listen, but most people, it's great. And I think everybody watching us tonight would say it's, that's tremendous. But there is no drive that I've seen in this country, in the public school system to do it. The, the, you're right. You, but, but most of them go, well, we're not going to do it. They've, separ they've separated those opportunities because they control the money bill. So they pay, spend the money uh, between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. when the mo that money should be able to suffice a kid from 8 a.m. until 6.30 p.m. when they go home. Well, I don't know how you change it. It's so endemic. Do you want reparations for you and your son and your wife? I, I don't mean, do need this is what I want. I want exactly what you said and what President Trump has said and what many uh, scholars have said, and that's education. Reparations through, should come through uh, education. The reparations, the money for reparations are already there. It's it's reforming our education system to give these kids school choice, to allow these districts to be held accountable when they're misappropriating all these funds and spending more money than quality private schools. That is a tragedy. It's criminal, and it should be dealt with at the highest level. It, it is, and it's a lot of the progressive leaders in these cities that are controlling these funds, uh, and it's wrong, Bill. And when we, the, the, our words are strong. And so when you talk about reparations, just handing out people money, you know what happens with somebody when they win the lottery, they normally go broke. And that's not what we need as a nation. But what we do need is a rebalance so that 
We can give kids that are born into the situation that they have no control over. We give them the ability to have a quality education. I've just seen personally so many successful people who got that education, that had that mentor in their life uh, and ended up being a, a very, very beneficial part of the American economy. Look, and I think that's where I, I agree with you and you've got it, a clear vision. You're never going to hear it from Black Lives Matter. You're never going to hear it from CNN, <laughs> the New York Times. You're never going to hear it because they don't want but, to but, solve you know, the problem. Oh, but when you talk about Black Lives Matter, right, let's, let's look at what that organization does. So they, they, they're going off of confusion. Uh, and so that's the same thing that the cancel culture is doing. When you cancel someone, that means you destroy them. So their mantra is to destroy but at Absolutely. the same time, a lot of their supporters are confused. There's a lot of good people that support Black Lives Matter. They may not agree with everything that they do, but folks are confused. So They're folks confused. are so hurt right now. You know what I want you to, to do, Jack? I got to let you go. I want you to call Jennifer Aniston and tell her, okay? Just do me a favor. <laughs> yeah, she'll take your call. All right, Jack. Keep Give fighting me a good. Hour. I think I can talk some sense into it. I hope so. Somebody has to. Keep fighting a good <laughs> fight down there in Broward County, all right? Keep doing what you're doing, Jack. God bless you. Look, if you need need anything from us, you let us know, okay? I I want you to come talk to my kids one day, man. I'll be down. I know a lot of people down there. Uh, I'm not going down in August, Jack. You're not getting me down there in August. I don't blame you. (laughs) But (laughs) next fall and winter, I'll I'll definitely cake you up on that offer. Thank you. Okay, so um, the backlash. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But first, um, the statues. Now, this is all part of this far left movement. And the doctor was very instructive, and in, in he gave you the thinking process that all this is justified because of slavery, that it's all justified. And believe me when I told you, there was not one Black Lives Matter official that condemned the arson and the looting. Not one. So um, the statues deal is basically an assault on Confederates in the United States and Winston Churchill in particular in Great Britain. Now the Confederate stuff has some merit. So Robert E. Lee, all right, I'm not going to use, I was going to use a CNN soundbite, but I'm not going to do that. Robert E. Lee was a brilliant general educated at West Point. If you read Killing Lincoln, you can see how he himself, because of his tactics, elongated the Civil War. Had they not had him, Civil War would have been open over a lot sooner. But Lee was a slave owner, and he did not treat his slaves very well. He was a Virginian. I have a letter from Robert E. Lee explaining that he fought for the South because of quote-unquote states' rights, but the primary states' rights were slavery. You know, it was some tariff stuff, but it was slavery. Read Killing Lincoln. So Lee... I would say his statue, in a historical sense, is fine. But you can't glorify Robert E. Lee. And the kids should be taught the truth about the man. Now, part of the reason of the statue defacement and all that is so that the far left can say, we're a lousy, terrible country, and we need to change everything because the original founding fathers were all racist, bigot, exploit people. So we got to wipe out everything they did. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, everything. And we have to spin a brave new world of socialism. Did you know that among the 
first 12 presidents, that's George Washington to Zachary Taylor, only two did not own slaves, John Adams and his son, John Quincy Adams, both of whom were abolitionists, but both of whom understood that if you did abolish slavery by executive order, you'd have a war. And none of the 12 presidents wanted a war. So they put that above emancipation. And finally, it reached the level where there was a war. So every president outside of the Adamses, we're talking Washington, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, Jackson, Van Buren, Harrison, Tyler, Polk, and Taylor, owned slaves. So we're going to wipe their legacies out? Oh, yeah. In Portland, Oregon, outside of Thomas Jefferson High School, they took the statue down. Let's see it. All right? That's, that's Thomas Jefferson lying in the gutter. Anybody arrested? No. Because Portland, Oregon buys into the fact. City fathers of Portland, Oregon buy into the fact that we are a terrible country. Just as the doctor explained, we owe people because of our sins. Okay? So that's what's happening. And in England, they're doing pretty much the same thing. Winston Churchill is terrible because he was a colonialist, because he propped up the British Empire. See? And they want Churchill out of there so they can start a new socialist country in Great Britain. It's the same thing. All right. Boris Johnson, by the way, the uh, prime minister of Britain, says don't buy into this. Don't go to these protests because they're all engineered by the far left, which is absolutely true. Absolutely true. Paul says Americans are the unhappiest they've been in 50 years. Yeah. It's a quarantine. There's a plague. Yeah. <laughs> all the polls say that Biden's going to kill. I shouldn't use that word. Going to defeat President Trump in November. But all the polls are push polls. Here's what a push poll is. They use the word push because you push the people asked in a certain direction. All of these polls, Reuters, economists, they all have far more Democrats than Republicans, and the independents are undefined. So here's the game. We'll call people in San Francisco, and if they're independent, we'll use their whatever they say, or Seattle. Okay, we're not going to call them in Tupelo, Mississippi. And we'll list them as independent. That's a push. They push it. That's what they're doing here. And it's polling. Don't believe the polling. Don't believe a word of it. Is President Trump in a strong position? No. November, he might be in a far different position. And the polling at the end of September, early October, is when I will really pay attention to it. And the other thing is that elderly people don't do Internet polls. People over 60 don't do them. So you knock out all the senior citizen vote on the internet polling. COVID, Texas, big problem. So we called and the governor is saying, look, there are a lot of people, younger people getting COVID because they're partying in the bars and other places. They're socializing. And that's what's spreading it. In. Yesterday, 4,200 new cases in Texas. Georgia... Stable. Stable. Georgia open. It's up a little, but 
not crazy. Texas got a big problem. Florida is a problem. And that's the attribution. Younger people uh, socializing. Most Americans say they, 45% of Americans say they will not fly because they fear COVID on the airline. Bookings down 82% from a year ago. Everybody's scared. Day in history. California was discovered on this day. California, one of the most beautiful places in the world. All right. June 17th, 1579. My man, Francis Drake. All right. This guy was amazing. He took five ships from England, sailed around, okay, the Cape in South America, up all the way to California. He lost four ships because you're down by the Antarctic in that Cape. <laughs> it's a rough place. Anyway, Drake gets to California and he says, hey, we own it. The Queen owns it. Drake and the Queen were close. Not in that way. They were friends. Um, and the queen knighted Drake when he got back with a whole bunch of stuff that the queen liked. So Drake's Cove in Point Reyes, I think it's just north of San Francisco, um, that is the memorial to Sir Francis Drake, a distant ancestor of mine. That's why I put him on. But if he wouldn't recognize California today, no, he would not. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to be back with a lively mail segment and then a final thought about behavior. All right, let's get to the mail. We got uh, Anthony, concierge member. Thank you, Anthony. I've never met a single person who agrees with what the Minneapolis officer did to Mr. Floyd. Country is in agreement 100%. Why are we protesting and rioting? We aren't. Some very militant people are, and some criminals piggybacked on that. This is not a mass protest, all right? Media makes it seem like it, but it isn't. The numbers are relatively small. That being said, people should protest about Mr. Floyd, because that was, can never happen again. Elizabeth Hollick, Wayne, New Jersey. Has anyone had meetings, interviews, or any communication with the leaders of the Black Lives movement. No. Black Lives Matter movement, they saw what happened to the Black Panthers because it's the same movement. They don't want to be famous. They don't want you to know who they are, but you're not getting that. Joe Hazley, Oakhurst, New Jersey. Bill, if we can't count on our leaders to protect us from unjustified political insurrection that's obviously occurring, then what can we do? I feel threatened by Black Lives Matter and Antifa because law enforcement is not doing its job. What can you do? Um, you can be nice to your local police. I am. That's what you can do. That's about all. And you can vote out the people who are enabling the radicals. Vote them out. Campaign against them. Donate to their opponents. Dick Markutin, Akron, Ohio. Based on your reporting, Bill, the Black Lives Matter organization, very well funded. Is the leadership strong enough to bring chapters together and form a third political party? No, not what they want. They're pressuring the Democratic Party in particular to do what they want the Democrats to do. So Black Lives Matter is the puppet. It's like the godfather, the puppet 
pulling the strings of the politicians. They don't want to get into the arena. They're too radical. Mike Oberhaus, Fulton, Missouri. Bill, no way I would play the national anthem and display the flag at any NFL game where it is not honored. Just don't do it. That may come to be. NFL's got a huge problem. We might not even see that. Linda Concierge member. Thank you, Linda. Your show is the best I've ever seen. I was a fan when you did The Factor, but this show is so much better. Thank you. I got more time to do what I want here. I don't have a corporation. I'm the boss, and that's what you're getting. All right, Father's Day, give Dad a concierge membership. He gets direct access to me or Granddad. They can send me an email anytime. We have a chat about it. That's what concierge membership is. And you get free books. Premium membership, um, not quite as expensive, but they're not. I kept the prices down on all of this. You know that if you go to our store. Uh, you get free books if you sign up. So give Dad something he could really enjoy for the whole year. Concierge or premium membership to BillOReilly.com and get the free books. Crazy Horse out September 8th. Another quick break. Back with a final thought. I had a brief uh, final thought today. Relax this weekend, please. Father's Day weekend. Have some fun. Clear your head. Uh, COVID, it's there. Try to avoid it. That's all I can tell you. Race, we'll deal with it. It'll de-intensify. Have fun. Have fun. Fun is important. Get some ice cream. I'll see you next week.